All right, Jess Hardy in the house, ultra marathoner. Yes. Endurance athlete. Yes. Yep. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Just talking, getting to know you. Thanks for coming up and sharing. It's an honor to be here. Thank you so much. Uh, honor, is, honor is mine. Thank you. Yeah, so where are you from? Um, I am from Dana Point, California. Okay. I was actually born in Memphis. Um, my dad's family was in Memphis, so I've lived in Memphis and Dana Point on and off throughout my life. Yeah. And what's the process to becoming or go, getting into like ultra marathoning and the, and these long endurance things that you've been a part of, which we'll talk, you know, about. Yeah. Well, so it has to do a lot with like my mindset. Like I wanted to know first start with a 5k and then I'm like, well, that wasn't too bad. I wonder if I can do a 10k. And then you progress. I've done a marathon. You hear about these other did races. You, did you play, what did you, what sports did you play when you were? Um, I played basketball all throughout um, high school. Okay. I played soccer as a kid. Um, I actually was really, um, you know, it was pretty cool. I got on the varsity team as a freshman in high school and then I got to like travel. And so if we went over to Holland and Amsterdam, you know, and for basketball. At, yeah. Played in tournaments. Oh, cool. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Nice. So, so sports have taken me a lot of places and have been like my passion from a very young age, which has been, you know, it's taken me a lot of places. Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. So then, and you're, you're also a nurse. Correct. But, you know, yeah. Um, so, but going back to you, you know, so you played soccer, basketball and you traveled around, um, how did you, what was the first foray into the, into getting me running? Right. Yeah. So, um, cause the, your Instagram is all, all things running. Yep. Um, I actually, so I stopped playing sports after high school. You know, it's hard to, cause there's not a lot of team sports that continue after college. And so, um, I played basketball in college as well. And so, um, I, for a long time, I was kind of like, it, there was a lull. I wasn't really working out as much and I went through a terrible breakup and my boss at the time was on a triathlon team. And so mm. she was like, hey, I'm going to pick you up on Saturday. I'm going to get you out of your funk and you're going to come running with me. And I was mm. like, oh, I don't know about this. So I went out and I like only lasted a mile running. I was like, this is so hard. I am not a runner. I don't mm. know if I like this. And then sure enough, it was like, OK, I'm going to pick you up next weekend, too. She's like a mentor to me the woman that I work, used to work for, mm. Dr. Jeter. And um, so I just started enjoying it. And she's like, I signed you up for a uh, triathlon, by she the way. She signed you up. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm like, oh, great. Um, but then it really enjoyed it. And smaller distances turned into larger and larger and larger. How far can I push my body? You know, at first, you know, it's like, oh, man, that was the toughest thing I've ever done. And then you start thinking about it, you know, a couple Was she weeks. doing those things with you still yeah, at yeah. that point? She, she, she still, still is. She's the one I started the Appalachian Trail with. So oh, there's long history. Okay, yeah. Okay, she's, okay, cool. Yeah, we started together. She's still out there, actually. Um, so, yeah, she does a lot of this stuff, still does uh, Ironman races and stuff like that. So. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and then uh, from from. What was the progress? So you small races, uh, Ironman. What was the, what was the progression like? So in more detail. Yeah, Memphis is a big running like city. So there's like races every weekend. So I started. So you, you were working in Memphis, in Memphis when you started to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I, yeah, I was taking care of my dad in Memphis. So lived there, taking care of him and stuff like that. So um, I would start just smaller races and stuff like that, and then I progressed on to like okay i've conquered the 10k i'm ready for a half marathon now i'm ready for a marathon that's like the progression mm. that goes along and it's funny so in 2014 my father passed and i decided i was going to move across the country to be closer to my mom like everything kind of happened all at once where i was like and i'm kind of sick of working this many hours you know huge life change i would love to live by the beach again <laughs> and so um i took a year off moved and i came across this company, the hundred mile club, and mm. I had only done maybe like six or seven marathons, hundred mile club, hundred mile club. Yeah. It's a nonprofit organization, uh, that incentivizes kids to run a hundred miles throughout the school year. Mm. And I thought that's really cool. It's a way for me to kind of give back. My dad was like on the unhealthy side mm. and you know, I can kind of like, it's a tribute to him, you mm. know, help kids like understand it's really necessary to health and fitness and eating right. Yeah. So I kind of took the nursing role. I talked to a lot of the kids about like the nutrition and stuff like that. Um, and like I said, I'd only done like six or seven marathons before. And I like signed up for this run across the country doing a marathon every day <laughs> for four and a half months. So it was like a, a rude awakening into the endurance field. Um, 
not a lot of people probably start like that at all. It's more like of a, a progression yeah. kind of thing. So yeah. yeah, that's how I got into it. And then, uh, and then from, what was the, the, you, you did the, did you the triathlon, the, the Ironman in Hawaii? I haven't done the Hawaii one. Okay. I've done, um, one in California, two or one in Florida and then two in Chattanooga. So okay. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then you just hiked up, you not hiked, you just ran the Appalachian trail. So where does that begin? Where does that end? Um, so yeah, I just did the hike through. Yeah. Um, that was, you know, you're just telling me the pandemic started in March, so, but you started that in May. Yes. Yeah. May 4th. And, and you finished in August. August 31st. Yeah. I, um, so I started in Springer, um, Springer mountain in Georgia is where we started. Okay. And that was the day that everything opened up. So we were like, I think it, we feel pretty good if they're opening up bowling alleys and tattoo parlors, it's okay for us tattoo to get on the trail. <laughs> <you know? laughs> so we're going to go ahead and venture out on the trail. Um, and it was me and this lady that I used to work for, her name's Dr. Jeter. Um, she and I started at the same time. And then, um, couple weeks went by I one of our other friends came out and joined us um and then I kind of like went off on my way let her go her pace and I went my pace so it took me 112 days of hiking um all the way through I went home for a little bit how many days 112 112 yeah but I did go home for a week so it was like around 120 somewhere around there just under four months to finish 20 how many how many how many hours a day were you running Um, for it would just depend. It would depend on the train, number one, and then also the resupplying. So I have everything on my back. You know, I didn't do it supported. It was all unsupported. So have my tent, you know, all my food, the water. Um, if I had to resupply, I would probably be around like eight hours. Um, if I wasn't and I had everything that I needed for the next couple of days, mm-hmm. it was like 10 to 12 hours of hiking slash running, jogging kind of thing with the pack on. 10 to 12 hours. Yeah. So I would try to do about 25 to 30 miles a day without when I didn't have need any more uh, you would pitch a tent on the trail yep sleep there yep and then start it first thing in the morning yep as soon as the birds woke me up <laughs> when, when the sunlight comes up the birds are like yeah crazy they'll get you up for sure how did you feel your body what was it was your you were joking about pop tarts you know oh yeah well but what, what's a, what is the like a, a diet like that of running all day long it's whatever you can get your hands on pretty much um you're in the middle of these little small mountain towns Mm. and even just to like get into a town you have to hitchhike in there's no phone service there is no you know uber Mm. or anything like that so these little towns they're like a mom and pop store that's open from eight to five and that's it the only thing in there is all packaged food and so that's a lot of people will drop like you know, um, boxes and stuff mm. and pick them up at a post office. I tried that the first little bit, but I ended up getting to a post office on Sunday and then had to wait a whole day to be able to go continue on. So I'm like, I don't want to have to wait, you know, when I could be hiking and, you know, getting through this monstrous trail, right. you know? So I just decided I'm just going to eat all this junk, everything in a package. So like pop tarts and, you know, uh, the tuna packets and in tortillas and stuff like that. I mean, it was, if, if somebody was to see my diet, I would be so embarrassed because that's you know, pretty much all, all you had to get. Did, did you feel the difference eating eating those kinds of things compared to? I did at first, but then I my body just needed so many calories. Like it was just like, you know, the fire's as hot as it's going to be. You just need to keep fueling it, yeah. fueling it kind of thing where it was like, I'm just need any kind of caloric intake right now kind of thing. So, but yeah, I could definitely tell like when I was um, running lower on food some days where I'm like, oh man, I need a little pick me up or, you know, eat a, extra uh, calories today to be able to, you know, have a strong day tomorrow mm. for sure. You know, when you, you said, yeah, my, you mentioned my dad, he went through breakup and he started running. I just can't help but think about like Forrest Gump, the Forrest Gump movie, right? when he just starts running. Yep. And he <laughs> runs from one coast to the other coast and he runs back again. Yeah. Back again. Yeah. Well, for me too, like I didn't realize how therapeutic it is. Like just the being inside your mind all by yourself, you know, um, thinking about things where, you know, we have so many distractions in the world and in Mm. life and to just like break away from that and like just be by yourself in nature and have only you. It's, that was so good for me at the time Mm. to be able to do that and release. So and your dad, you you know, you're like a, part of that. You said part of like a tribute to your dad, like these these runs is. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, my dad, he, I was a daddy's girl growing up for sure. Only daughter, you know, the nurse in the family. Um, he had a stroke. So I took care of him for about seven years until he passed. And so, um, you know, to watch a parent struggle with health is like very surreal um, to be able to witness. And so part of me is like, you know, he didn't have, he grew up in the South and he'd never had like anybody teach him nutrition, fitness. Well, you know, worry about your health. Mm. That was not a main focus for him. And so I'm like, if I can just change one child, you know, to be able to realize like health is really important or eating right is really important, getting enough sleep, water, you know, something resonates with them. I feel like I've put something good into the you know world the for world, him. Yeah. 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 Especially the situation now, right? He was, I read a little bit, he was diabetic, right? You know, like some oh, other. He had every disease you can think of. <laughs> yeah, he had like the gamut, like heart disease, lung disease, just like, just never really. Ate well, know, took no, stress. Yeah, never worked out. It just wasn't in his mind frame kind of thing. It's funny, I'm like total opposite now. Like everything about my life is like, when can I get my workout in? <laughs> Which is, you know. Watching it, it was something that I don't want to have to go through. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Your mom, your mom is is pretty healthy. Yeah. So I, this is a funny story. Um, I moved to town after my dad passed, and she was uh, she's a computer engineer, and she sat behind a desk for forever, and she was retiring the same time that I was coming to town, and I was like, well, mom. I just found Groupon, and there's a boot camp that we can do. And she's like, a boot camp. I don't know what a burpee is. I don't even have tennis shoes to go to a boot camp. Mm. And we got bought her all of the stuff. And then she did the week and she signed up for a year later. And mm. so that's like the start of her getting back into shape. And like now she's like, you know, all in. yeah, yeah, 74 and like, let's go on a run today. I'm like, this is great. I love it. Wow. So she's doing yeah. great. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, the, I, used to teaching the kids to be healthy right like you know we're, we're in this COVID situation with the lockdowns and so much fear and uncertainty and we're, there's not a lot of marketing on hey take care of your health right if you do get something exactly that your body you your, you know your system can take care of itself right yep and and recover and fight those things exactly and if i mean if it's not that it's something else too right there's so many other things that can affect you and hurt you for sure kill you and yeah cripple you exactly and it's like, you know, I think for a long time that schools and even before COVID, like they don't have a focus on like getting the kids up and moving and, um, you know, going outside and realizing like this is a really healthy stress relief for, you know, kids. And this is what you should do instead of, you know, all the other stuff that you can do to try to relieve stress when you get older and drinking, you know, drugs right. and stuff like that, where it's right. like, you know, they kind of missing the ball there where I, I'd love to see that more physical fitness you know, in, in intertwined with, you know, the kids going to school and stuff. Yeah. Even the learning, right? Like for them to learn better, like, Oh the, yeah. You know, they, we need, we need movement, right? Yeah. To even to focus, you know, like get up every 15 minutes or get up every 30 minutes it would help them immensely to, you know, remember things and everything. So, yeah. What kind of coaching, what, what do you, what do you try to help the kids with? Uh, like you said, diet and, and movement. What are some of the things that you the kids um well uh, it was more focusing on like you, you know healthy nutrition nutrition um, yeah. getting enough sleep at night of course sleep. you know uh listening to your body if there's an injury um drinking enough water um all touching on all the things that make you you know beneficial for any kind of sports or even throughout the day you know just being a healthier individual how, uh, how old are the kids so we did for every age group. Every so, age group. Yeah, every day we'd stop um, and go into a school. So it might be the high school was the closest one. So we'd go into the high school and like we'd, you know, go into the auditorium and talk to the kids. Or we'd stop at a kindergarten place and do recess with them. You know, it mm. was like very interactive with the children. It was wonderful. What's the name of the organization again? It's the Hundred Mile Club. Hundred Mile Club. Yeah. And so they set all these things up with the different schools. They did, yeah. They only did it one year, that one year that I did it in 2015. Okay. So it was like a yeah, okay. one-time thing. But um, Kara Lubin is the the founder of this organization, and she's just awesome. She, um, you know, incentivizes the kids. So they have, you know, if they're in this 100-mile club, they get, like, specific time to go out and get to run their miles 
why all the rest of the kids are in there like studying and stuff like where it's kind of like there's like this huge push to be like don't you want to get 100 miles throughout the school year you get a pizza party at the end you can invite your parents to come and run miles with you so it's like this huge like um organization that is like focused on trying to get these kids to realize that health is really important and you know trying to incorporate it with their families too which is great yeah yeah that's awesome yeah yeah uh, them the, the school's taking away the physical you know, physical education more and more, right? It's yep. crazy, you know? It is. Um, just from, of course, being healthy, but also just even uh, mental cap capacity, right? To, to, for the kids to learn. Definitely. And, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Hopefully things change with with uh, with these I things that are happening. I would love to see that, yeah. yeah. Um, so that was 2015. What have you been up to the last five years? So I have been more focused on my running than anything else. Um, I've done a couple Ironman triathlons but mm -hmm. mostly is like endurance running um i have done some pretty big races um bad water 135 bad water yeah that, that's right about that in the ultra marathoner yeah it's one of the toughest races how many miles is it 135 miles mm -hmm. and you run it in the middle of summer and it's through death valley death valley the lowest part of the u.s continent all the way up to the portal of whitney which is one of the highest in the country. So it's a lot of climbing up hills in really, really hot temperatures. <laughs> yeah, extremely um, difficult race. So I've done that two years. Uh, I paced for two it. Two years. Yeah. So after you do it once, you're like, I want to do it again. Well, that's the thing. Like, you know, I'm like, I could do it better. Like, you know, pushing your body always, you know, like, okay, I did it the first time, but I think I, I want to see if I can do it better and succeed and, you know, kind of fix the things that kind of didn't go perfect the first time so I remember the book like the like his feet what happened to his feet I remember just like crazy crazy stories oh yeah could yeah. you share some of your crazy stories yeah I have I have some of crazy bad water stories <laughs> yeah well there's um so I I do have to give a little shout out um you have a crew with you and you don't you can't just do the race by yourself because you have to have some kind of support vehicle following you so I had this beautiful, wonderful crew, um, much support and love to them. Um, and they would pretty much have all my stuff iced to be able to cool my core temperature down and stuff like that. I got, um, through pretty much halfway. Um, and I was getting a little cranky. It's through the night, you know, you're running all the way through the night and the night. I was probably a little deficient on nutrition. So a, a little crankiness was coming out and I told them, I'm not, I don't want to run with any more ice. It keeps Slapping on my chest. It's really annoying. And they, so, so I, I got to, they wrap ice around you. Yes. Yeah. While you run. Yeah. So you have it on your neck. Usually um, you can like put it like on your core and stuff like that. Do they I put like a, like a saran, saran wrap. Is that how, what are they? I use the frog togs. They're frog like togs. the towels that like a, they pretty much absorb the water and keep, keep you cool. I see. Yeah. Okay. So that's what I use. Yeah. I'll, I'll, Everybody has like a different technique. Okay. It's kind of funny to watch because okay. some people have a vest and like, you know, or douse themselves with water and stuff like that. But the ice really helps me be able to get through. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So uh, you're like, I don't want to run. I don't want to yeah. run with this thing on anymore. Yeah. And I don't remember like running three miles of the course at all. Like they had to put me in a cold shower and um, there was a volunteer there, Regina. She was like, you need to do all this. And I was like cussing them out. It was terrible because <laughs> I don't even remember, you know, I'm like hallucinating and everything else. So I've been like pretty bad off before. Yeah. <laughs> and um, like nutrition wise, I couldn't keep anything down. Um, it's a very humbling sport, a very personal sport. So your support crew has to deal with a lot of like, things they're like they end up being like family members at the end of a race I like mean, that I, the, you know david goggins <laughs> yeah yeah i read his book too yeah and those the stories of him running these these you know these 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 races and his you know, him losing his bowels and oh yeah you know uh, his feet what happened to your feet you know it's i've been really lucky um i used to get small little things where like um you know, I'd get blisters. I did have really bad blisters uh, going over the race across USA. But after that, I kind of learned um, I have very wide toe box shoes. I'll get like a men's double wide because my feet, I just like a lot of room. I don't yeah. want to have any friction and stuff. So knock on wood, the last couple of years have been like pretty, my feet have been really good to me. And on the Appalachian Trail, I did not get one blister. Like mm. that does not happen to a lot of people. So I feel like I've like calloused my feet up all the right places. <laughs> Yeah. And going back to the bad water, the bad water. Are there a lot of women doing that or is it? It's mostly men. men. Yeah. There's probably about 20. Um, so 
the race only holds a hundred people and it's, um, uh, kind of hard race to get into because it's a panel of people that qualify, qualify. For it, right? Yeah. And then you have to fill out an application. Um, it's pretty intensive. And then when you get called, there's only a hundred people that are going to be in the race with you. And about, tw- I'd say 20% or less are females and the rest are men. How many people finish the race I out think, of the 100? Well, you know, most of it, every year it differs just a bit. The year that I did it was the hottest year they've ever had. It was actually the hottest recorded ever in Death Valley, like ever. Um, so we How had hot a, did it get? Um, 137. 137 degrees. Yeah, that's mm. what we started on. And I thought it was going to be a cold year because it was like when all the snow is, you know, was getting all over mm-hmm. the winter. I was like, it'll be a cold year for Badwater. This will be great. The hottest ever recorded. Mm. <laughs> but that year, I think it was like a 70% uh, rate. But you have to remember, a lot of these athletes have done right some Other, amazing things. Yeah, like their yeah. resumes are Right, right. To even stacked. get to that race, to be able to do that race, you have to be yeah, legit. Pretty, yeah. And it, like even to qualify, you've had to have run two 100-mile races and you know, giving back to the community, you know, yeah. Even with that, it's a 70% finishing rate. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. The elite, the elite of the elite are 70% finishing that. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I've call it like the Disneyland of ultra marathon. Like that race is like, so like nostalgic because like there's all these like famous people there and it's such a prestigious race and stuff. It's like going to Disneyland, like you know, even for the crew, because I crewed two years before I even ran the race. Mm. And it was like, yeah, this is so you understand cool. what, what they have to go through. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and he likes you to be able to do that because, like you said, like there's, you you know, you can get seriously injured, you know, mm. with heat, the heat that high and all the things that can happen in your body and stuff. So, you know, for you to at least witness how hot 137 miles oh is. God. Even hard to breathe <laughs> at that point. Have people died doing it? Um, no, nobody's died during the race, but there has been plenty of people that have died out there in that area, Death Valley. If they have, that's whole, part. Of, that's part of the the qualification process, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they have a, a great medical staff out there. They ask you to have like one person on your team be a medical professional. Mm-hmm. Um, I have my friend, Dr. Jeter, of course. Mm-hmm. She was on my team, um, kind of helped me through with all my other stuff. So, yeah. So when the going gets tough, what are you thinking about? I usually, so I, I usually let myself have like a little pity party for, I'll give myself like two minutes. You can sit here and cry and pout. And then okay. So how many hours, how many hours to finish bad water? Um, I have finished it in 39 hours. And 39 then hours. The next okay. Years. Yeah. 40 hours. So right around 39 to 40 hours. Okay. Yeah. So the the first the first uh, bump is uh, pity party. Yeah, pity party. Okay. I get to cry all by myself. I tell my crew I don't need any help right now. I just want to sit here for two minutes and um, let me be in the pain cave by myself. <laughs> and then I pretty much say, okay, I'm gonna walk and I'm gonna like you know mentally get strong. You, you can't don't have to run, but one foot in front of the other. You have to make forward progressive progression throughout you know, this time. And eventually I'll come back up. It's like, you know, you have waves, it comes in cycles, you down and then back up and you feel a hundred percent. And then you get back to a place where you're like, Oh, this is, why did I do this to myself? Mm. I, I paid for this race. I mm. signed up for this race. Why would I do that? It's, um, and then you get to a point where it's like, okay, you're coming back up. You're feeling good. You can run. It's great. Yeah. But there are a lot of ups and downs. Definitely. So, the first, the first, you know, saying you have a pity party. What, what, what do you think about people? Like, do you, what, like, what, what are you, what are some of your motivators that keep you, what are some tricks that you do to keep going? Well, I keep putting, putting one foot in front of the other. Yeah. Um, I'm a very competitive person by nature. Um, so a lot of times, and a lot of times you'll have to rely on your crew as well. Like, mm. they'll do tricks to kind of like get you back into like mentally get you mm. strong. Um, but yeah, I'll run. Uh, When I first started, a lot of it was for my dad, you know, like giving back, um, trying to get through that, you know, going across the country to support him. And I want to show like, you know, his be able to, you know, think about him and get me through. Um, But a lot of it, too, is, uh, you know, the competitive drive in me, you know, my 
crew chief will say, you know, you said you wanted to do this. This was the time you said you wanted to do this. This is the pace. And she'll read off some of the things. And I'm like, you know, I was sitting in bed when I, I remember sitting in bed, writing all this stuff down and how important and how, you know, I was so regimented and I've trained for six months for this. Like, you're right. I need to suck it up right now. And get going kind of thing, just mentally getting to that level. And when I write out my plans and stuff, I, I'll think about that. I'm like, I want to remember this moment right now where I think I can do this because in the race, when I start doubting myself, like I'm not going to allow myself to, you know, let my mind play tricks on me and say, oh, I, I'm giving up my, you know, a race, my a, you know, performance goal mm -hmm. kind of thing. So. I'm sure you want to do good for your, your crew, like your, your mentor. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. They're all out there and they're so good. Like help me. Yeah. And like you said, you know, they, they want to do good for me and I want to do good for them just as much as they want to do good. You know, it's like a fight, it like is. a fight, like a, well, it's a fight, but like a literally fight, like a cage fight, you know, you have your, your corner with you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, it's, that's, that's exactly it. Right. Yeah. And uh, so, are you? You got you get you guys trained together. You guys are connected when you prepare for these things. Um, usually, I'm I so I'm a flight attendant right now, okay. and uh, I fly all over the place. So I don't do a lot of training with other people, just because my schedule is so sporadic, and I never know where I'm going to be. Um, the lady that usually comes with me, her name's Michelle. She's kind of like I call her my race mama because mm. she like takes care of all my stuff for me. Like you know, logistics. She's just wonderful. Book. Yeah, she just like deals with me when I'm being negative. She like always gets all the directions. She's always there on time. She remembers things that I don't remember to remember, like a headlamp. Um, just like she has everything all for me. It's like perfect uh, relationship. But um, she and I, she's a coach. Um, she doesn't coach me. But um, I will bounce ideas off of her and talk to her and say, hey, do you want to come, you know, join me like in Brazil? Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah, I want a free trip to Brazil and I yeah. will definitely support you. We've been to Australia together. Um, so, yeah, it's a it's a really great relationship that we have going on. Oh, it talk, the, 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 the race across the U.S. Yes. How did that happen? How did it happen? Yeah. Well, um, like, what was the pro yeah. Yeah. So we would do a marathon every day. Um, and then when we got to a border of a state, we would take a day off. I actually got injured halfway through. So I got to Dallas and then had to take some time off and the rest of the team finished. Um, but yeah, so we would pretty much run our marathon, then go to a school, hang out with the kids. And oh, it was part of the, it was part of that, the, the group, the organization. Yeah. Yeah, and then um, go and like we would. What, what year was that? 2015. 15. Okay. Yeah. So that, that was one year that that you get you worked with them. Yeah, yeah. It was four and a half months though. So yeah, you'd have to you know you have to take some time off. You literally off of work. did what Forrest Gump did. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what was the city you started in? We started in Sandy, uh, Santa Monica. Santa Monica. All the way to DC. To DC. Yeah. Wow. And we did the southern route, which I'm doing a lot of that on my next adventure. I'm doing the bike ride across the country. I'm going to use a lot of that same route to try to get me across. Instead of going to the DC route, once I get to Texas, I'm going to keep it low for the weather and head to Florida, mm. which is cool. How, so you, you, you've done races in Brazil? I have. Yes. So tell me about that. So it's a sister race to Badwater. It's uh, called Brazil 135 plus. And, um, we didn't know very much about it, which was pretty fun actually. Um, so we just kind of signed up and we were going to go out there. We didn't know what kind of vehicle we needed. Um, we couldn't speak Portuguese. We didn't even know how long the race course was. We were mm. like 135 plus, it must be 137, maybe 140. No, mm. it's 155, <laughs> a lot of plus. Mm. <laughs> um, and so when we got out there, this race was, is kind of a debacle. We had, did not have a four by four car and, um, I was running in, and I was doing really well. It's like the first female, like lead female. And we got to the middle of the night and our car, or I wasn't in the car. The car was supposed to meet me at certain places and give me nutrition and fluid and stuff like that. Um, I got there and there was no car. And I'm like, oh my gosh, where's my crew? Well, I'll just keep walking until they kind of get there. They had gotten stuck on a, on a hill and started pretty much going backwards. And so they had all these line of cars behind them. And God. yeah, so they had to get somebody in the to car help to help them move it all the way down. And then they had to go all the way around three, my three hour ride to get back to me. So I'm pretty much in the middle of nowhere with 
no food, in no, the middle of the night. no water in the middle of the night. No. Did you have your headlamp at least? I did have my headlamp. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so it was really interesting. And then when they got caught up with me, I'm like, I'm so deficient in fluids and like food and stuff. I'm going to need to get off my feet and kind of like just re reboost myself, you know, like it's a recharge kind of thing. So that's kind of what we did. Um, but it was, it, it was a lot of fun being able to play charades with everybody because the Portuguese, the language, mm-hmm. it was through the countryside. And, um, so like food options were very limited, um, you know, trying to talk and say, Hey, is there anywhere like a hostel or a hotel? We're going to take some time off, get her out of the sun. It's also in January where it's just very hot down there. Right. Hot and it's humid. the opposite of here. So yeah. It's the summertime. Yeah. So, but I love that race. The people in that race were so wonderful. The Brazilians, they're so loving and kind. And Is it mainly Brazilians? Yeah, and hospitable. They were just like, you know, took you under your wing. It was such a nice experience. I want to go back down there and do it again. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. How about Australia? Australia. Australia was, um, I've been, I went down there. It was a 135 mile race as well. It's supposed to be a trail race. And um, they kind of throw you, um, a wild bone and don't give you the course at all. They tell you, we'll give you the course the day you show up for the race. So I didn't really know what to prepare, like um, how, if I'm going to be climbing a lot, if I'm not, you know, don't know. Um, So we went down there um, and it was more like an adventure race. I would say it wasn't really on a trail. It was Mm. more bushwhacking Mm. in the middle of Australia like jungle. It was, wow. um, it was wild. Yeah. We had to have snake bit bite kits, two of them on us and like a whole bunch of like medical stuff just in case, like the stuff that we had to have, I was like, this is getting me a little nervous. You guys were in the outback. <laughs> yes. Yeah, completely. But it was a really difficult race and yeah, it was, um, the, it was more adventure race than just a running race. Like which one was your favorite race out of all the, I would have to say it was probably bad water would be it because it's like, you know, like I said, I know it's like the Disneyland, you know, all these like famous people are there. It's like uh, the prestige and you know, Mm. they do a big like documentary every year and they Mm. got cameras and stuff. It's like, it's a pretty big deal. The race director is great there. So that's probably my best, best race that I've done. Man, that's crazy. Yeah. The, just the mind over matter For sure. aspects, you know? Yeah. Well, ultra running, I swear, it's not so much physical. It's like 90% mental, 10% mm. physical. Like, you do have to train, don't get me wrong, but like pulling yourself out of the, you know, where your mind is just like in this negative, really dark cave, um, allowing yourself to know it's going to get better. You just have to just hold on to the darkness, it'll go away eventually and just trust, yeah, trust your mind's going to get better. Yeah. So there's a lot of times that I've wanted to drop out of a race and, you know, been talked out of it, you know, by my crew where, you know, that's why I rely on them so much. It's like, they know me, they know what to say to me to be able to get me out of the funk that I'm in. I did a, I did a half marathon one time without training for it, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I remember I couldn't walk for a week cause I didn't train at all for it. Oh gosh. But I finished it just cause out of pride. Right. Yeah. But I couldn't walk for a week, you know? And, uh, I can't even, I can't, how many hours you're running in emotion. So is it like when you're in motion, when you're running or is it when you stop that you want to like, man, screw this, like, uh. Probably um, both. It's both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Depends on the on the time, right? Exactly. Yeah. It's definitely both. Yeah. When you're running, you have some low points, especially when you're like not even halfway through the race. Mm. You know, I still have, you know, 70 something miles left. It's like such a big undertaking mentally. I but I kind of trick myself a little bit and I'll do like I'll look at the race and if it's a hundred mile race, I will say just get to mile 25 Mm. and it's like you get a little incentive or a party or you get to get off your feet for five minutes or get to drink a beer or something Mm. like that. And then mile 50, same thing. So it kind of tricks my mind. Yeah. Where it's like four small races inside of this big monstrous race. And it's easier to think about that like mentally. Okay. I can get to 25 miles, not, Oh my gosh, I still have 75 miles left, you know, kind of thing. Just like little tiny tricks to kind of like spin it in a positive instead of a negative, which is really cool. So, yeah, yeah. When I look at think think of jujitsu or fighting, you know, like you have your like local tournaments, you know, and then like maybe like a state one, you know, yeah, and then like a national one, and then like for oh, you go for the gold for the world, you know, yeah. But it's like you can't go f- from zero to to that exactly. So if you're looking at like it's similar, yeah. But it's just the whole like so much pain and suffering. Yeah, 
have a funny story. My first 50K, it was like the first race that I did over a marathon. I, um, we were in a cabin and my legs were so sore. I could barely walk just like you, like, oh my gosh, how am I going to do this tomorrow? And I went to go to use the restroom and I could not get off the restroom. I had to call somebody to come up and I'm like, please help me get off. Your legs, your legs didn't <laughs> they work? Just, yeah, nope. They were not allowing me to get up off the toilet. So I had somebody come in and help me get off the toilet. It was a very humbling experience for sure. You had, you had to yell or you had a, you had just, a phone? Yeah, I just yelled out. I was like, come and get me. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God. Speaking about humbling, right? Like this, the David Goggins, he's like, yeah, he like shit all over his pants and, you know, it's just a mess, you know, like, yeah, you know, like, and, and that's everybody probably pretty much right on those, on those, that oh, yeah. bad waters and those kinds of races. Yes. A lot of um, gastric problems and stuff <laughs> like that. Yes. <laughs> a lot goes into it. It's a very personal sport. So all of your crew, you have to be able to be like, this happens and you got to roll with it kind of thing. So, but yeah, it's very humbling in, in its own right, for sure. Yeah, man, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you as a nurse, like you're, you're, you know, you've, you care about people like, yeah, you get, you get connected with people like that. It's just so crazy how that works. Right. Yeah. Actually this last race that I was in bear 100, I had a DNF, which means did not finish. Um, there was a gentleman out on the course that had passed out, um, just electrolyte imbalances and stuff. And so I like stayed with him, mm. but it can be really dangerous to yeah. be honest. You know, if you don't know what you're doing, like fluid and electrolytes mm. and stuff like that, um, goes into play. Yeah. This is this last week. Yeah. Last week. Yeah. The Idaho race, but I get a free ra race entry. So I'm going to go back and do it next year, which was cool. But I got into an ATV, um, uh, and rode four miles down the road to help him get sent off to the hospital. Mm. And I just didn't feel right. Not doing those four miles mm. that, I was in a vehicle, you know, it's, mm. even though I was sitting with him and it was for a medical cause and stuff, it would it not be advantageous for me um, if I was racing. It was my A race, no matter what, like somebody got into a car, they didn't do the same course as I did. You know, I just didn't feel right keep going and, you know, finishing the race kind of thing. So, yeah. So all this uh, crazy therapeutic, it's therapy for you, makes yeah. you happy. Yeah, it does. Yeah, definitely. I feel like um, when I don't have anything on the calendar of things to do, like I'm get in like a little depression a little bit, like where I'm like, what's my next adventure? Where am I going to go? You know, uh, what do I want to conquer? I have, um, I kind of have a list of things that I'm kind of working on right now. Mm. Like to know what they are. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I w want to do all the highest peaks in all 50 states. So I hit some of them, of course, on the Appalachian Trail, um, Maine. Uh, New Hampshire, Mount Washington, stuff like that. So um, I just kind of started this venture. Um, I was like into race mode before COVID hit. I was doing a hundred mile race once a month, um, every month, you know. Hundred mile race? Yeah. A hundred miles. Every month. Every month. Yeah. So um, that was kind of like my goal, like keep, go as long as I could to do that. And then all the races got canceled. So I was like, well, I'm going to need something to put on my calendar, things to do, um, hence the Appalachian Trail. Mm. And then the spinoff of that was I want to go and do all the highest peaks in all the states, which would be really cool. Mm. Um, and then I want to do all the 14,000 foot peaks in Colorado. I think that would be pretty awesome. Mm. Um, and then I want to go and see all the national parks, all 62 of them that are around. I think that would be fun and go run around in all of them. So that's kind of like, those are my things that I'm like focusing on while COVID is still around. Staying statewide, huh? Right now? Yeah. What about internationally? Um, well, when we, we're, I can't really fly internationally right now. Like we're right, not right, flying right. a lot that's of places. Actually, but maybe in the future? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like I was, I would be thinking you'd be like the Mount have you done that Mount Kilimanjaro? Was it Kilimanjaro? Sharma? I did that actually. You did that? Okay. I did I was it in January. You. Oh, you did it in January. There you go. Yep. <laughs> Just in time, right? Yep. Yeah. What are some other major, major, what are the, what, is it the top five? What What are the top five in the, uh, I'm not, uh, you know, I have no idea. Yeah. In the U.S.? Not the, in the world. In the world. Yeah. Um, you have Everest, of course. Right, right. Kilimanjaro. Um, Kilimanjaro. There's one down in, uh, I forget the name of the one down in South Africa. Um, we have Denali or um, McKinley here um, in Alaska. Right. Um, and then I'm not sure which one is Antarctica either. I'm not sure <laughs> what is the highest peak down there. Um, and then for Asia, I'd have to think about that. But it's on my list. I want to do the international ones too. That yeah. would be fun. I think in the ultra marathoner book, right, he, he talks about 
doing the Antarctica races. Yeah, uh, and, Dean Karnassus does. Right, yeah, right. he was like one of the first ones to do a marathon on all of the continents. Yeah, he's pretty. Do you want to do that as well? No, I don't like the cold weather. <laughs> I, I love the heat. Like, give me a bad water any day. But anything like, you know, 20 degrees or less, that it's not my bag. <laughs> yeah. It's a different thing, right, with the snowshoes and Definitely. gear that you have to have on? Definitely. Huh. Yeah. That was a big incentive for me to finish the Appalachian Trail. Like, get off the trail before it gets cold <laughs> kind of thing. Because where you're, you're going in Maine, you're hitting all the highest peaks, you know, Mount Washington, Mount Katahdin, and stuff like that. And I'm like, I just don't want to have to deal with the cold. So there was a big incentive for me to get done before September when it starts getting cooler. What was, uh, so you, you're, you're a flight attendant, right? I am, yes. So what, what's been going on with, uh, with since the pandemic? Well, I actually took some voluntary leave. So um, I got all my insurances paid 100%, and then I have all my flight benefits. So um, I have not been flying very much. Mm. Uh, so I don't know a lot about what's going on, which I am happy about. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really enjoying the time off because as a flight attendant. You're staying, our, you're staying busy. You're, yeah. You're and our busiest active. time is the summertime. So for me to be able to take off a summer is nearly impossible all the travel that goes on. So I was like, I'm taking the opportunity. I'm going to do some of this stuff on my bucket list, do the Appalachian trail. I'm going to ride my bike across the country, you know, just, yeah. Um, how long have you been a uh, flight attendant? Um, since 2017, 17. So last three years. Yeah. Yeah. I had a chance to either keep going with the nursing route, which, you know, I, at the point in time, um, I just really enjoyed like traveling and, doing my running and adventures and stuff like that. I had a chance to either stay with the whole nursing thing or get into flight attendant and, you know, you do take a little pay cut coming from nursing. And, um, but the perks like totally make up for that. And my lifestyle, my happiness, quality of life has been so much better since I've been mm. a flight attendant. I'm so happy with the change. It was hard to do at first. You know, people were looking at me thinking, what are you doing, you know, from nursing to flight attendant? Mm. But uh, it's just been such a beneficial thing for me in my life so happy with the decision so you can just race and travel and i love it live yes. it up <laughs> yes yeah we've gone so my mom and i were like best friends we go on all of our trips together Amazing. We've, we've been through like every continent now huge trips together she gets to fly for free because i'm buddy passes attendant. or yeah. the companion passes right yeah so we went and did nepal um i went oh, and did wow. annapurna circuit with her wow. so we did lower the lower loop my mm. mom's in her 70s so yeah. i mean it's pretty impressive that she can even like you know get out there and do you know the elevation that you're in up there so um i she loves my like adventurous spirit and she's the type of person just like me like if you present it the right way she will always say yes kind of thing so it's really nice to have her as like a, a round be a mentor, somebody I look up to, you know. Where do you think this mindset that you have for to do these races comes from? Um, yeah, I honestly, like I'm thinking about that. And um, I had like some pretty strong women and strong coaches uh, from a young age. And I think like them giving me what I needed to like, you know, feel empowered and, um, you know, strong and it's okay that you're strong and uh, athletic and you know you can go do it give me the confidence that I need um, it was really impactful in my life and um, I think that's a lot of where like my adventurous and like I want to see how far I can push my body you know um, without you know injuring it of course but like I think a lot of it had to do with like the strong women in my life to be honest and my mom's one of them too yeah but, yeah she's like you know one of the first women to go into engineering field which is really cool what did your dad do um, he was a computer guy. Oh, well, okay. Software. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. You know, when I think about the, just the mindset that you have to have and there's the, the toughness, like the, I don't know, your body to be resilient, to be able to handle race after race after race. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. I think a big part of it is to like listening to your body and doing um, like the tack fit stuff, you mm -hmm. know, making sure that you're hitting all those muscles that are the accessory muscles to those larger muscles that you're using for running right. um, and doing, you know, uh, stretching, uh, mm. rolling your legs out. Um, mm. I just went to the chiropractor this morning um, to get all I saw adjusted. your Instagram post. Yeah. <laughs> Recovery things. Yeah. Like it's really important. You have to, you know, your body does so much for you. You have to get back to your body. 
you know, especially when it's screaming at you like, hey, I'm going to need a break kind of thing. And I think, you know, that alleviates you from getting injured when you know, okay, something's not right here. I'm going to take some time, downtime. And it's hard for a lot of the type A people that are in this Mm. kind of, you know, sport kind of thing. So um, that's one thing. It's like listening to your body. It will tell you what it needs. Uh, when did you notice that after after how, how long of doing these kinds of things? That you- um, I would say it took about five, six years. Five to six years. Yeah, to like really understand like, okay, something's not right here. I'm, if I keep doing this, I'm going to have to be off my feet for three months because I broke my tibia, you know, something like that kind of, kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so you started, like Scott's on in the tactic, you know, uh, creator, he said, get stronger in the recovery. Yeah. So that's one of those those things that I never forget. You get stronger in the recovery. Exactly. That's where you actually get stronger. Yep. Definitely. Uh, have you had some in- crazy injuries? Um, I had a hip injury uh, probably right when I started, like the long distance stuff, like mar- right around the marathon stage, mm. uh, first couple of years. Um, that was not a lot of fun. I've had some minor knee stuff. Um, but usually what I'll do is I will like, scale back and just until I'm ready and feel comfortable, um, won't do anything. The hip injury kind of really um, paved the way for that. I was off my legs and couldn't really walk. And after um, also the race across the country, it was, I couldn't do anything for three months. So I don't ever want to do that again. I'm like, I would rather stay off for a week or two, you know, let it, my body repair itself. than the whole three month being laid up in bed kind of thing. What are some things you do to recover? Um, so I have this, it's almost like a bathhouse. Um, it's in Irvine. It's called I Spa. Okay. Yeah. So they have like a massage there, but they have like these pools where you go from like hot, extremely hot to like extremely cold. And I feel like that is so good for my circulation. So mm. good for the muscles and stuff. I feel like a hundred times better when I walk out of that place. I also get a massage like very frequently, chiropractor, um, stretching. I roll my legs out. Not as much as I should, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I try to keep on top of all that stuff for sure. What's your diet look like? Um, nutrition. Nutrition. I try to eat pretty healthy when I it's accessible. Um, I'm a flight attendant, so there is a lot of on the road eating. Mm-hmm. Um, since I've been a flight attendant, it, it hasn't been as good, you know, fast food packaged food and stuff like that. And I will tell you on the Appalachian trail, it was horrendous. It was just any kind of calories I could get, just, you know, get in myself kind of thing. Yeah. But overall, like, you know, what kind of things do you have success with as far as like what you eat and well, it's funny like that a, you, as a lifestyle? Yeah. I, it's funny that you that asked you feel that. The best with, yeah. yeah. I have like this regiment that I do right before a race. Um, nutrition is like, it's, the fifth dimension of like racing, you know, it's really important. Um, I will, for my gastric issues that happen in a race, um, I will eat like a huge lunch the night before. It's so, it's so crazy. Like how, it's, it's, it's like ridiculously per- personal. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's so like, personal. I know. Issues. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, all runners, what it is. It is, yeah. you know, you push, you go to the limit. Like exactly. And all runners will be able to like, be like, oh, I totally relate kind of thing. You know, it's just part of it. It is what it is. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I have like a regiment that I do where I will eat like a huge lunch and then I'll eat barely anything for dinner the night before just to make sure like, okay, we're not going to have any problems with your stomach, you know, come race day. Um, For the most part, I I like to try to, if I do it like a really intense, like long workout, like replace with protein, um, that kind of stuff. I have some protein shakes and stuff like that. When you get done with a race, try to get that in you know, 30 minutes after kind mm. of thing. So just 30 minutes after you're, after you run. Yeah. Long, uh, long doing run. like a really, yeah. Strenuous workout. What kind of shake? What, what kind of, uh, like a macro? It's like a pure protein. Um, pure protein. Yeah. Kind of shake. So yeah, it's good stuff. Okay. Yeah. And then what's your regimen look like when you're not, you're, you're, you're a flight attendant, you're flying all over. What do you, what do you do when you're, you know, stopping over somewhere, you have a layover somewhere? Yeah. Well, usually, so I try to bid for the long layovers just because I, like I said, I love to travel. Mm. Um, it's like a passion of mine and I get to see cities that I've never, I, they, I would never stop there on my own, Mm. you know, kind of thing. So what I'll do is I'll go out and run and I'll 
like go all throughout the city and find a place for lunch and I'll do something like a salad or like sushi or something like that. Um, unfortunately, I don't get those trips as much as I would like to because I'm kind of low on the seniority. Um, but for like the, the lower amount of hours that I'm there, um, a short layover, uh, sometimes places aren't even open. So I carry like tuna fish packets with me, tortillas and, you know, um, I have like these little quinoa bowls that I'll carry with me and stuff like that. So not fresh food, but I mean, still okay. Mm -hmm. Kind of, you know, on the nutrition scale. Yeah. I can't help. Uh, of course my life's been like jujitsu and fighting and those kinds of things, you know, and, uh, like I'm just listening to you you know, some, of course you eat, eat you know, you take, take care of your you know nutrition and diet, you know, but at the end of the day, it comes down to your attitude. You know, like your performance and, you know, how you do, right? Your attitude. Definitely. Like your belief, your your mindset, you know? Like I know guys that have become UFC champions. And, like, you know, there's other guys that are, like, you know, real systematic, like the nutrition. They have all these coaches and, you know, all this money. And, and at the end of the day, it's just your your belief and your attitude. Like these poor guys from Brazil, for example. Uh-huh. You know, there's no system. Like, they're just, like, dropping all this weight, like, just a mess, you know. There's no system. But yeah. they win, you know. They beat these guys that have these big, huge teams, you know, all this oh, money yeah. spent just with attitude and belief, you know. Yeah. And fire. hunger, you know. Yeah. Yeah. They have the fire, the passion, yeah, the, passion. the drive. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. For sure. So, yeah. I mean, I just listen to you. Like, I kind of, that's what I think about, you know. Like, at the end of the day, it's your mind. It's your, just your attitude, right? Yeah. No, I if definitely If you think you agree. can, you can. If you think you can, you can't. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And you stay positive no matter what. Because, you know, you always have those people that will throw a little bit of doubt at you, too. Right. And it's like, I just totally put blockers on. And, like, I've set myself out to do this. And I'm going to do it. Like, there's no if and buts about it. This is what I'm going to do. When you're in it, you definitely, you're very protective of who you surround yourself with. Definitely. Yeah. Like, because you're in, when you're in the fight, when you're in the mix. You don't need any negativity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You already have enough. People that are 100% committed to you. Exactly. Yeah. That's a big key ingredient to success. I, like I said, my crew that have been with me for a lot of my stuff. I've mm. also done some long distance biking. Um, same thing. I got to a point, it was 444 miles and you have hmm. to do it in under 44 hours to be able to qualify for race across America. It's a bike race. Um, there was one point this storm came in and I'm going downhill. I am like, as hard as I can pedaling. And I look down and I'm only going 10 miles per hour because the winds were that strong. And I got off my bike and I threw my bike down and I went and crossed my arms and like sat down on the hill. And I was like, I'm just having a, a pity party right now. And you know, I had these two wonderful women with me that were like, they're so supportive. Like, okay, you need to eat something. You know, you're bonking right now. Yeah. The storm's pretty tough. And that that's, you know, it sucks, but we're going to do this and we're going to be behind you. And if you need to take as many breaks as you need to, I mean, they just got me to where I'm like, yeah, I can do this little chunks at a time where I'm like, if I didn't have them, I don't know. That might've been one of those days where I was like, okay, I might not be getting to the finish line kind of thing. Yeah. Well, you know, it's that support, right? You, yeah. Them just listening you out. Yeah. Hearing you out. And you have to trust somebody, you know, you have to trust somebody with, at your, deepest darkest and you know i hate to say it but like you're seeing the raw person when you're that low you know like hey you're hangry you know hungry and mad and you've been up all night you know you're going on your 40th hour of running straight through the heat of the desert it's like you have to really trust that that person has your best interest at heart and you know you can trust them with being it you know i so I've told my race mama that I hated her one time. You know, I feel horrible about it now. But at the time, I'm like, oh, I hate you. I just don't want to keep going. And she's like, you're going to keep going. And so, um, yeah, it's like. You have a, to trust them with your life. A lot of raw emotion. Yeah. It's, yeah, very personal sport. <laughs> and, and she she knows now, too. It's kind of like, okay, you've gotten to the point where, you know, you're going to need a little alone time, eat something, and then we're going to come back and revisit kind of thing. She She knows me very well. And then you're talking about people that negative people, people when you're preparing or you set out to do something, people are trying to think, why are you doing that? You know, yeah. Making you doubt. Yeah, definitely. Especially with the frequency that I was doing, like the hundred mile races, like a lot of people were like, you know, that's not good for your, for your joints, for your body. You know, why, why do you have like some kind of reason for this? And I'm like, I just want to see if I can do it. You know, it's like, I, it's a, a passion in me, you know, it's not for anything, but for myself. Kind of thing and you know people don't understand that they think it's very strange to have those aspirations and goals 
you know, and if it's not normal for them, they think, you know, there must be something wrong with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why, why do you think they do that? I don't know. Jealousy maybe, or, um, you know, I don't know, just don't, um, not willing to look at something, you know, that's outside of their norm, um, and accept it. Right. Yeah. And maybe they're not reaching their potential, right? True. They don't want you to. They, yeah. Very they, true. Yeah. Do you have that in jujitsu? Like, of course, and, I think in everything, right? Any yeah. kind of success things that you want, you set a goal and people like try to knock you. Oh, you can't do that. You know, even lo- super close people to you, right? Yeah. Like loved loved ones, you know, like yeah. including parents, right? Like, well, don't do that. Or, you know, they don't want. You know, they love you, but you know, yeah. For you know, like you said, like they're not. It's out of their comfort zone. Exactly. They don't want you to get hurt or whatever. Yep. And I think the same thing, like the crab, right? The crab story. People pull you down, and if they you try to climb out of a certain thing. Yep. But uh, but uh, you just have to, like you said, just block it out, right? And yeah. just keep moving forward. Of course, yeah. Feel the same way. Yeah. What's the worst your worst uh, time on uh, on a race? Um, let's see. I, I it would probably be Australia. I um, ended up cutting my hand open and needing stitches in Australia, and in the middle of like nowhere. Um, that was a pretty dark moment. Um, Definitely. How did you cut your hand? I just came down like it was the, there was no trail. It was like all just like bushes and everything else. And the steepness of what we were going up and going down, it was in a gorge. Mm. And so I was coming down and my foot just slipped the right way. And I came down on the rocks and like cut, cut my hand all the way open. Yeah. So had to get out one of the snake bite kits and like pretty much bandages up until I can get to an aid station and get it closed up kind of thing. So was that guy who cut off his hand or his arm to get out of the, when he got stuck in the yeah, rock? Yeah, <laughs> that was such a good movie. I'm like, I film was on it, that. What was the name of that movie? Oh, man, I forget. Um, we have, we a had certain a certain amount of hours. It was like an hour, something hours. 40 hours, hours 40 or hours something. or something. Yeah, yeah. I like that movie, though. It was great. Oh, my God. It's either you die or you, exactly. know, you cut your arm off. What are you going to do? Yeah, inspirational, though. It's like, if he had, keep, he had to cut his arm off, I can get through this little race, right? <laughs> yeah. What's your favorite moment? My favorite moment? Um, I really enjoy the camaraderie with everybody on the, the course. Um, mm. One of my favorite pictures and moments is crossing the Badwater, you know, finish the, the, first, the first time I time. ever did it. Yeah, I had all my girls with me and we had our hands up. You know, it was a huge victory. I trained forever for it. And it was just like, it gives me tingles right now. Just like thinking about like crossing that line. It was like so, such a big moment in my life. Um, I would say that that's, yeah, my, my best moment, my proudest moment. What did that mean to you? Um, oh gosh, it, setting, uh, you know, I set forth this really large, amazing goal and I put in so much work and so much effort to like conquer it. And I felt so like good ab- about myself, like setting out the goal, doing all the work and then conquering it and making, you know, it just feels like anything I put my mind to, I'm, I can do it, you know, like. Gave myself a lot of, um, I don't know, confidence, self-confidence to be able to get through my next adventure I'm going to pick out. How many years ago was that, that moment? 2018. Yeah, so two years ago. Yeah. So you're in the thick of it, right? You're in, you know, they were, they, we have this little pandemic situation now, but overall you're in the thick of it. Yeah. Of your personal journey. Yeah, definitely. Well, I, I feel like I'm like at my prime still. It's so funny because now I've like changed jobs and I feel like I'm just like the luckiest girl in the world, to be honest, because I'm doing what I love. I get to travel. I'm picking out like races. I did hurt 100 this year. It's a really tough race. Mm. Um, I did that right after Kilimanjaro. And I like, you know, I just can't see living life any differently. I'm so happy with everything right now. I like truly like feel like this is I've died and gone to heaven with what I'm doing. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. How old are you? Uh, 30. I just turned 38. 38. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Did you ever want to have a, fa- you a family, kids? Um, you know, no, no kids. I really enjoy like getting up and moving and going wherever I want, whenever I want. Sometimes I get a little lonely for a pet, um, but I have my mom. She's my best friend. We travel all over the place. And my brother, uh, he lives in Memphis. So I have mm. a place in Memphis that I go a lot. Um, yeah. But no anchors, really. I like to be able to just get up and go. 
Yeah, whenever. Living the life, huh? Yeah. <laughs> a little nomad, <laughs> which is awesome. Yeah. So, it's been, yeah, you're in the middle of it. You're in your prime of, of doing these kinds of things. Yeah. What do you, you know, you told me, you shared some of your goals, you know, what's, what's, a, what's the big, the, some big goals that you have? The, so I, um, after doing the Appalachian Trail, mm-hmm. I didn't know I was going to be doing it. I just, on a whim, was like, I'm going to take some time off of work. I'll do it with you. No mm-hmm. problem. And I didn't think that I was going to like it because it's walking, you know. And the I'm Appalachian like, I'm, Trail? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, eh, well, I like hiking. I don't know. And I absolutely loved it. It was just such an adventure. Um, it's so liberating to know that you can go through life with just something on your back. That's mm-hmm. all you need, you know. Walk across the U.S. Yeah, I want to do all three of the big long trails that we have here. And then also some other ones like the Camino de Santiago um, over in Europe. Uh, mm. There's a Camino uh, to Costa Rica. I want to do that. The Camino de Fe. The one in Europe, where, where does that start? Where does that end? Where does that end? Well, there's five different starting points, and then it ends like at the coastline of um, Spain. Mm. So you can start like up in France. You can start, there's a place in Portugal. Um, there's other places like right around in Spain that you can mm-hmm. start. Um, it's like a religious homage trail that a lot of people do. And you go to northern France? Uh-huh. Yep. Right on the coast. Yeah. So that will be one. And uh, My mom's going to do that one with me. So we've decided that we'll, once COVID kind of, you know, dies down and we can start traveling internationally, she'll, mm. she'll do that one with me too. Just like we have a little bucket list for me and my mom, like the Nepal trip and stuff like mm. that. Yeah. It's just mm. pretty cool. Do you ever think about like like uh, like after I don't know like later like what do you want to this I mean you're kind of like not how many years have you been like five five years Uh, like these races and um yeah last five years like your prime like like yeah the longer distances yeah for sure yeah five to six years what do you what would you want to be remembered for in doing these things um. Like have having as much fun as possible in life and adventurous, mm. you know, as I can possibly be, you know, and maybe like, uh, you know, motivating people to mm. get out there and, you know, don't be afraid to try, you know, new things, try a new career set. If you're not happy, um, set a goal and make it, you know, uh, you can do anything if you put your mind to it, to put in yeah. the hard work, you yeah. know, uh, you you're never like worried about like, I don't know. The, your safety, like hiking all these, like these trails all over the country and by yourself. Cause well, a lot of the times you were by yourself, correct? Yeah. So I started with a woman and I like did not know how to throw a bear bag or anything like that. That's like keeping your food safe from bears and mm. stuff. And, um, I didn't even know how to filter my water. Like mm. I was a total newbie mm. and she took me under her wing. Um, but one night we were, I was by myself. I just like disembarked from her and I was laying in my tent and at like two o'clock in the morning, something woke me up. And I hear this rustling around and it is like this bear that's coming over and sniffing my tent. I was so scared. Oh I was God. shaking like a leaf. I know. Oh and, my God. and you know, when you wake up in the middle of the night, you have to go pee, right? I'm not going to get, I know it's just a nylon sheet, but it, it gave me a sense of like security in that tent for some reason. <laughs> so I'm like, how am I going to go to the restroom? I just hear it. You like knew there was a bear around. out there. Oh yeah. Oh, he like came over and grunted. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Grunted out my sniffing. tent. Yeah, so I had to get a little, um, you know, creative, and I used my Ziploc bag <laughs> for, for um, to relieve myself. But oh I'm my like, God. yeah, <laughs> I have some crazy stories about the Appalachian Trail. I mean, just wild. And that just happened this year. Yeah, 2020. Yeah, I did. Yeah, it was so much fun. I, I have another um, really cool story about the Appalachian Trail. So they have these. Um, people along the trail that are called trail angels mm. and they like will leave like a cooler and it'll have water or they'll leave like um, uh, food or somebody along the, the way will have hamburgers and they're like flipping hamburgers, you know, for any of the hikers that come through. So there wasn't a lot of it this year, COVID, um, but I was going through, it was Vermont and my shoes were like completely mangled and like trying to get the logistic nightmare of trying to get things mailed to you. You have to get to a city. You have to hitchhike to the city. You have to make sure you're not there on a Sunday. It's like all these things. So I was like, how am I going to get some new shoes? Cause I really am in dire need. I'm duct taping them at this point. So I go ahead and I ship them off and I'm like, I just have to wake up and I have to do 38 miles. I've done 38 miles in a day. I'm going to just make it a long day and get to my new shoes. Well, I'm going down this hill and my foot goes flying outside of my shoe. 
it's no longer a shoe. Like I have no more duct tape to use. The shoe's destroyed. How do you how do you duct tape your shoe? Just the around bo- the bottom. The bottom was coming off the the top. Yeah. basically the sole was coming off the shoe. Yeah, you just have a complete blowout. Like mm-hmm. your foot is just outside of the the shoe. So um, I go down to have my pity party, like I do. I'm gonna go eat lunch, and I'm at mile 20. So I have 18 miles, and I have no other shoes except for flip flops. So I'm sitting there, and there's one car in the parking lot. There's no cell service. There's like no town anywhere close. And this lady comes walking up and she goes, hey, hon, how's it going? And I was like, oh, I'm having a bad day, my shoe. And I was like, by any chance, are you going to Manchester Center? My shoes are there. And she's like, no, I'm going the opposite way. And I was like, oh, okay. It's like just having a bad day. I'm trying to get mentally prepared to walk in these flip-flops. She goes, well, by any chance, what size shoe do you wear? The only woman I've seen all day for an hour sitting there, one car there. And I'm like, there's no way. I'm like, I wear an eight and a half in men's. Like, it's a big shoe, 10 in women's. She takes the shoes off of her feet and hands them to me and says, I needed new trail shoes anyways. And they were a perfect fit. I'm like, was that not a trail angel? That was like the best ever. And so I finished my 18 miles in that lady's shoes. Mm. Gave me the shoes off her feet. Like, what a wonderful soul. Wow. Yeah, it was really cool. Interesting. Yeah. Coincidence. Yeah, right? What shoes do you wear? Um, I wear usually Brooks. Brooks? Yeah, I like Brooks. They're just like a good, hearty, wholesome shoe. They're reliable. You yeah. like that the, they're wide? Uh-huh. They give a lot of space? Yeah. I learned that going running across the country. Uh, I need a lot of space for when your feet swell and all that fun stuff. So your body goes through a lot of weird changes when you're running that long. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, all this stuff is, I mean mind over matter like human potential mm-hmm. this stuff is like just so inspiring for me so motivational for me like just the, your toughness and the will to to persevere and to finish right thank you yeah against all odds right like yeah. shoes or or you know bow your bowels you know losing your bowels totally and, uh heat and i mean losing your crew losing your crew (laughs) there's like you know everything has to line up perfectly to have like the best race of your life there's so many things that go in in, involved in in something that long you know yeah and i you know yeah it's just it's human potential like just you know and i I appreciate you doing all these these and sharing your story yeah thank you thank you for having me on i appreciate it it was really nice getting to know you and i'm excited about learning more about tactics yeah i'd love to to share that with you yeah for sure yeah yeah well you have an instagram i do yeah um jessica.allthingsrunning my instagram do you have a website or anything i don't have a website no um got a facebook page and you know athlinks you know kind of page and stuff like that athletes page yeah an athlete page but um there's like where all your um races and stuff the times like what you've raced i see yeah it's called gotcha. athlinks so that's all in there you know if they wanted to see what kind of races i've done and stuff awesome so, yeah thank you yeah thank you thank you it's been a pleasure <laughs>